Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's Q&A. These questions obviously are from the Ignite January group as well as the Ignite Academy group. So we have got a good few questions to go through today and a couple of topics as well that I want to cover, um, which often come up around this time, although it's quite early actually because we're only like a week and a half in, but these things are already starting to crop up, which to be fair is actually quite normal. Um, but I will start with a theme that has been coming up in the group over the past couple of days, which is this very, very common one. And that is all around scale weight. And you guys noticing that you've quote unquote only lost one pound or 0 0.8 pounds or the scales haven't changed, but your measurements have and like you've dropped and blah, 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 blah. Right. First thing that I always like to make very, very, very clear all progress or any progress is still progress. It doesn't matter how big or how small that progress is. Progress is progress. And I want you to get that in your head and keep that in your head. But at the same time, progress is not linear. And progress does not necessarily happen, you know, exactly the same every week. It doesn't necessarily happen how we may want stroke expect it to happen unfortunately. Um, and honestly, I know that you can look at the scales and be like, oh, I've only lost a pound this week. But honestly, losing one pound a week is pretty average or like pretty good and pretty standard. That's sort of like a good rate and pace to aim for. Now, I'm sure you've potentially had this happen to you in the past, or you've seen people talk about this in the past where, you know, people maybe post online that they lose like five, six pounds in like their first week. Now, let me tell you why this usually happens. And I, it's not that they lose five or six pounds of body fat. I can assure you, no, like you can't lose that much body fat in a week. Like it, just, it doesn't happen. The majority of it is water weight. And it's usually because they've gone from a period of overeating, you know, quite considerably to suddenly cutting back on the amount that they're eating and quite possibly reducing their carbohydrate intake and their salt intake as well, both of those things cause water retention. I'm going to get into kind of water retention stuff a little bit more in a moment. But when you see these people with these massive losses on their first week or two, the majority of it is water weight. And I want to make that very, very clear. And when we look at kind of average rates of weight loss or kind of, um, what's what I'm looking for, like positive rates of weight loss, it tends to be based on like a percentage of your starting weight. And generally speaking, a good rate to aim for is, and you're going to be like, but this is barely anything, is 05 to 1.5% of your body weight. So if we look at that as, you know, in the middle, let's say if you are losing 1% of your body weight a week, if you weigh 100 kilos, let's say, that means that a good sort of rate of weight loss for you is maybe going to be around a kilogram, but it might also be less than that. It might only be half a kilogram uh, a week. And that works out about one to two pounds as well, depending on whether you're a kilogram person or a pounds person. That's about one to two pounds if, if you weigh 100 kilos. So let's flip that now. If you weigh 60 kilos, right, that 1% is only 0 0.6 kilos right? That's 1%. And that's like a good amount of weight loss. That's about a pound or like maybe closer to like a pound and a half, right, of weight. But if you're closer to that like half a percent end of that range, and you weigh 60 kilos, and you're trying to lose a little bit of weight, 
that's like as small as 0.3 kilograms, which again is like not even a pound. That's maybe like 0.75 pounds ish thereabouts. Let's not hold me to maths because I don't know the exact maths in my head. But I think accepting that progress will be slow. Well, not even necessarily slow, but like getting into your head that even a pound a week is incredible. Imagine if you lost a pound a week for the next year, like in 52 weeks time, in a year's time, you'd be 52 pounds lighter. Many of you listening to this probably don't even have 52 pounds to lose, right? Because 52 pounds is about 20... I'm going to go with like 23 kilos. I'm I'm going to round it down to 20 kilos to make my life easier. Um, right. A lot of you probably don't have that much weight to lose. Right. Some of you might. Yes. But again, if you maybe do have 20 kilos to lose, your 1% might be closer to two pounds a week. Right. So hopefully we can start to see. Now, as women as well, we have the joys of our menstrual cycles we absolutely love. And so for women, obviously for men generally, like it's very, very likely that they're going to lose the same amount of weight, uh, same amount of weight pretty consistently from one week to the next. As women, our bodies like to go through changes from one week to the next. Um, especially if you are not on contraception, you may notice these changes a lot more. If you are on contraception, things tend to level out a little bit more, especially if you're on one that like stops your periods, um, like on a hormonal contraception you might not notice these fluctuations quite as much. But those of us with regular menstrual cycles, across the month, you're going to notice changes in your weight. You could be eating the exact same things, exercising the exact same amount, have two identical weeks or even like four identical weeks across the month, but your weight might still change. The amount that you're bloating might still change. Um, You know, your measurements might still even go up some weeks versus come down the others. So there's so many different factors. And I think it's, I want to say that it's week three's training that I dig into scale weight and things that like um, influence it and things like that a little bit more. So I'm not going to spend hours chatting about it today, but, um, and also which week is it? I can't remember off my head which week it is, but one of the weeks as well, I do dig into like menstrual cycle and the effects it can have and things like that as well. So again, I'm not going to spend too much time going into that today, but I want you to really, really keep your mind focused on trusting the process and recognizing that any progress is still progress. Weight loss is not linear. If you're even losing 0.1 kilograms a week, you're still seeing progress. And the most important thing you can do is recognize that and say, amazing, I've still made progress. I know that things are working. I'm doing the right things. So I'm going to stick with it. Because some people as well, and you might, um, it sometimes takes a few weeks to kind of see maybe what category you fall into, but people tend to fall into different categories in terms of how they lose weight. And what I mean by that is some people will notice that when they first start a weight loss journey, They might lose loads of weight suddenly and then their weight just completely plateaus and stays really static for a few weeks. Then they suddenly have a big drop again and then it stays really static for a few weeks and then it drops again. And they have this like really level few weeks and then in one week they'll drop a lot and they'll kind of go through that cycle. Um, Other people may notice a pretty consistent downward trend. And then other people literally from one week to the next, it will be up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. But the trend over time is that it is gradually decreasing, right? And again, 
I can't tell you exactly what camp you fall into. Again, as we go through like the the full eight weeks of Ignite, then we'll be able to start recognizing those patterns and we can then say, look, we've seen from the past, you know, four, five, six weeks or whatever, that your body tends to maybe hold on to weight for a little bit. And then after four weeks, say, I don't know, once your period's been and gone, your weight suddenly tends to drop. And when you can understand those patterns and when you can notice those patterns in your body and kind of how your body tends to work, um, then it just makes it that bit easier to like hold out. You can say, actually, I know that three weeks out of the month, my body tends to hold on to its weight and it doesn't tend to drop. And then I know that, that one week every month after my period's been I'm not saying that everyone's going to fall into this camp, but this is just an example um, that you like a pattern that some people might notice. Um, you can be like, I know that actually after my period, the scales are likely to drop. So I'm not going to let it throw me off. I'm going to hold up, like, hold on. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I know that it's working and I'm going to wait and I'm going to see it through. Right. And I'm going to keep going. Um, and that's a really important thing. So when you can start to notice these trends and notice these patterns, um, then yeah, it, it just helps kind of keep you going a little bit more and obviously the group is always there as well obviously in our check-ins you like check-ins are there as well for you to bring up any of these concerns and um, obviously we'll look through your progress and kind of see how things are going but the group is also here right so if you're you know waking up one morning and you're like oh I feel like things aren't moving as they should be blah 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 like put it in the group and we're we're gonna be your biggest cheerleaders and I'll give you the little pep talk that you need to keep going um and also again I know some people are weighing themselves daily other people aren't some of you aren't step on scales at all it's absolutely fine um you know one of the reasons why it can be quite useful to weigh yourself daily so every morning or maybe like three or four days a week is because it lets you see these fluctuations right so depending on how much you've eaten depending on what sort of foods you've eaten depending on whether you've had a hard training session or not so many things can influence the water retention and the water weight in your body and so actually when you can um if you do weigh yourself more like every morning every day you can start to see these fluctuations and then actually you can kind of uh justify things to yourself a little bit more because you can say well actually i know that i've eaten the exact same amount every day this week. I've stuck to my calories, I've done my steps, I've done my workouts. And even though everything has been pretty much identical every day, I can see that my weight is still fluctuating up and down. It's still going here, there and everywhere. And so actually it's not that you're not eating the right things. It's not that you're not doing the right things. It's just how our body responds. Like if you've had a really tough training session, the day after your muscles are potentially gonna be retaining a little bit more water to help them recover and help them repair and help them grow and get big and strong. So again, like all of these things can happen if you've had a bad night's sleep, if you've had a particularly stressful day, or if maybe you've had a takeaway and you've eaten a lot more salt and a lot more carbs than normal. Again, these all cause water retention, which can show an increase in the scales. And then, you know, just as, as quickly as that water weight comes on, it will drop off again as well. Um, so yeah, that's just something to always keep in mind. Like I said, I think it's in, week three's training where um, I dig into scale fluctuations and things like that a little bit more and kind of trusting the process and all of that so I will leave that talk here for now just so that I don't repeat myself loads um, and bore you guys but anyway um, into a couple of questions that we have so Louise if the gym's super busy and we're waiting ages for a machine or equipment is it okay to use something that's available instead and how do we judge what a good alternative is great question um also probably a silly question there's no such thing as silly questions here okay um, <laughs> nothing is ever silly nothing sounds stupid and if you're thinking it chances are someone else's as well um 
but does it matter what order we complete the exercises in? So um, I'll start with if the gym is busy and you're waiting ages for the machine strip equipment. I guess these questions sort of, the answers sort of tying together a little bit anyway, but if it's really, really busy, and you can't get on the bit of kit or maybe someone's using the dumbbells that you want or there's no benches available which again this time of year in January when it's busy if, especially if you're someone who trains in peak times it can happen or some of the more um, popular machines if maybe you've sort of been hovering around a little bit and you know it doesn't look like this person's going to be finishing up anytime soon I mean first thing as well now, I know that this is really scary, especially if you're not someone that is super confident in the gym yet, but going up to them and just very politely, you know, don't don't say it to them when they're like mid-set, but when they're maybe in their rest period, if you just politely mention to them like, oh, um, do you have many sets left? Just ask them, do you have many sets left? If they say, oh yeah, I've just got one or two, then it might be worth hanging around. Or sometimes, especially if it's on a machine or if it's like a bench or something, sometimes people are quite happy for you to... Um, work in with them so you you know you can share the machine a lot of people are actually really happy doing that I know that it can feel a bit scary like approaching them at first but actually it's also a great way to help you feel more comfortable in the gym because if you can kind of get chatting maybe you see the same people there every week then again having those friendly faces at the gym can be really helpful and you never know they might even you know nudge you to lift a bit heavier or you know they might actually be a really really lovely person even if they don't look it from the outside I think I said on was it on last week's uh podcast Q&A and I was like the big scary guys are actually like the biggest teddy bears inside so you never know um but yeah potentially if you if you have worked up to that confidence in the gym potentially just asking them like look have you got many sets left um and if they have got you know three or four sets left just say oh would you mind if I work in with you again if they say no they say no go and find something else so it's not the end of the world um now if they do say no or if they're going to be too long or you know you you're not feeling comfortable enough to go and ask them maybe they don't look very approachable but also if they don't look approachable don't let that put you off because I have such a resting bitch face in the gym. It's completely unintentional. I'm usually just completely zoned out between sets, but I'm actually really friendly <laughs> and I'm actually really happy. And like, I'm always happy for you to work in with me. So don't judge a bit by its cover because I'm just usually zoned out in between my sets at the gym because there's too much going on um, and I'm just trying to like focus. Um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask them how many sets they have left and stuff like that. But if it does come to uh, wanting to find an alternative. When it comes to sort of judging what a good alternative is, generally speaking, if you can find an exercise that follows a very, very similar movement pattern to the one that you are doing, that is ideally what we want to be doing. So for example, let's say you have a leg press on your program, but you can't get on the leg press because um, there's someone on it and they're taking forever and you don't want to work in with them because it's too much effort to change the weights around stuff like that um a movement that is similar to a leg press for example is a squat so a leg press is essentially like a seated squat movement um and so again that would be a good substitute or if it's like a single leg press you could do a lunge instead um if it's something like a lat pull down i'm trying to think of what are maybe the more common machines that might be um, busy if it's something like a lat pull down machine uh you could either do like a cable pull down so you could put a handle on a cable and do like a kneeling pull down on the cable or you could do some sort of 
um, dumbbell row. So whether that's a bent over row with two dumbbells, you could do a single arm row using a bench um, or even a seated row machine, um, some things like that. So again, with a lat pull down, for example, it's a pulling movement. So substituting that for another pulling movement, such as a row. Um, what other things? If there's exercises like on say the cables for example if you have like tricep extensions or something like the rope tricep extensions on the cable and there's someone on there or so there's like only one cable thing in your gym and some like it's always being used you could do a similar movement but with a dumbbell so taking a dumbbell over your head and doing a tricep extension or you could also do it laying down on the floor something called a skull crusher which is kind of like a tricep extension as well where you bend at the elbow and take the dumbbell kind of towards your forehead if none of this is making sense, by the way, or if there's a particular machine or particular exercise that you're commonly finding you can't get on, pop it in the group. It's probably the easiest way for me to give you like a proper alternative, just because, you know, I can't really sit here and list out every single exercise and alternative swap. But the general rule of thumb, try and find something that follows a similar movement pattern to the one that you can't do, basically. Um, and then in terms of what order to to do the exercises in in an ideal world you do them in the order that i've programmed the reason being is that you have we have kind of what we call like compound movements and what we call isolation movements now our compound movements are exercises that are going to be using multiple body parts or like multiple muscles um, it's going to be incorporating more of the body and generally speaking these are our harder exercises so we want to do them when we're fresh we want to do them when we've got the most energy our isolation exercises are those that you'll more often find towards the end of your workouts and these are where we're isolating one muscle group or one muscle, sorry. So for example, this might be like your bicep curls, might be leg extensions, leg curls. And there's ones where you're really, really just targeting the one muscle. And we don't generally need to be quite as fresh for these. Like they just, um, you know, we can do them at the end of our workout and it's not like we need quite so much focus for them and bits like that. So in an ideal world, stick with the order as it is. But let's say, for example, you're meant to be starting your workout with uh like a leg press for example but the leg press is taken you can always move on and do like the next few exercises and then come back to the leg press later on if it like when it's free because again that's often a reason why you would change up the order uh, but otherwise yeah i would generally try and keep them in the same order but again like if rather than if it's like a full body session for example rather than doing like legs upper body, lower body, upper body kind of thing. If you want to do all of your lower body stuff, then all of your upper body stuff. Again, that's fine. Just, um, yeah. Again, if there's anything in particular that you're a bit like, oh, is it all right if I do this before this? Pop it in the group. Um, it's yeah, sometimes harder to give sort of more vague answers, but I hope that that makes enough sense for you. But let me know um, if it doesn't. Um, Sorry, I'm just taking a quick drink. Uh, Michelle, right, next question. Progressive overload is something I'd be keen to do, especially be, especially with being an at-home trainer, as in doing at-home workouts. Uh, how often should I go up a few reps or weights? And what would you suggest for training at home and not having all the available weights? Oh, yeah, all the available weights available. Sorry, <laughs> got confused there. Um, so progressive overload is super duper important. Now, if you are someone who's working out at the gym, 
you can obviously increase your volume and everything and you can obviously increase the weights that you're lifting over time as well as obviously adjust with the with the reps and things like that um in terms of home workouts and well i mean this goes for all of them really but in particular with home workouts there's going to come a point where the weights are probably going to be too light for you let's say i've programmed like 10 reps of i don't know lunges or something if you've then maxed out your weights at 10 reps on each leg and it's like well this is pretty easy now it's like okay well i don't have any more weight to add on so what can I do instead so if you're finding that it is feeling easy then that's the sort of time where you might want to then look at adding in some more reps going based off of how challenging you're finding it and like the intensity of the exercise is a good uh, way of understanding maybe when you're ready to either increase the reps or increase the weight so a great way to do this is whenever you're doing an exercise is if you scale it from like one to 10, one being super easy, 10 being really hard, in an ideal world, we want to be sitting around the kind of eight out of 10 mark for the majority of our exercises. Some we'd ideally like to take closer to that like nine, even 10 out of 10. And then some, you know, if we're doing maybe high reps at the end of your workout, maybe those isolation exercises, you might be a bit more comfortable towards like the seven, um, six or seven, or if you're a bit sore or something. But generally speaking, aiming for like that eight or nine out of 10 the majority of the time. So if you're doing 10 reps on your lunges, for example, with your heaviest weights that you have available at home, and actually by the time you finish those 10 reps, you're thinking, actually that was maybe only like a six or a seven out of 10, then cool, let's add some more reps on there. And when it comes to knowing how many reps to add, think to yourself, okay, well actually if I keep going, how many more can I do until I physically cannot do anymore because I guarantee you that that's going to be more than you think so I would suggest maybe on your last set of something having a little test and being like right I'm literally going to go until I physically can't do another rep and do it like that so that you can see where things are at and kind of where you should be working at in terms of reps and everything and then it just gives you that point so you can say okay well last week I could only do 10 reps on each leg but this week I can do 12 reps on each leg and then the week after you might be able to do 15 reps on each leg um, and so on and so forth right some other ways that you can do this at home if and also this goes for if you're at the gym as well and maybe the next weight up is too big of a jump then you can potentially slow down the movement so let's say that you're doing a squat of some kind like a goblet squat for example and let's say that either either you don't have any heavier weights or the next weight up is like too big of a jump and you think it's going to be too heavy, you can slow down the movement and potentially even add a pause in at the bottom. Now, in terms of these sorts of changes in progressive overload in the, I think it's week, yeah, week four, yeah, week four's training is all around training intensity and making sure that you're lifting heavy enough and all of that, you know, because it's given you kind of three solid weeks to get into the groove of your new training plan and everything. Um, That's kind of why I've timed it around, like obviously the start of week four, so that going into week four, you can start to kind of ramp it up a little bit. So I will be digging into that in more detail then. However, yeah, for now at home, you can either obviously increase those reps and literally, if you're not sure if you can increase the reps, just try it. Like, honestly, and same with the weight at the gym. I think we, especially as women, we always underestimate how heavy we can lift and how much we can do. And the best thing that you can do nine times out of 10 is just try. 
like just try the next weight up or just try doing a couple more reps because if it's feeling comfortable and it's feeling easy then you're better off doing some more reps so you know and in terms of how often to go up with the reps or go up with the weight there's no right or wrong if you're new to training and when you first start like a new training plan for example you're likely to see yourself progress much faster so like go with that use the most of that at the start of a training plan whereas sat it's actually really unfair because like the longer you commit to a training program like the longer you're consistent for the slower you progress right so if you're brand new in the gym there's actually something called like newbie gains so like newbie gym gains in maybe like the first six months of going to the gym you'll probably see yourself progress and you'll get stronger so quickly like so much quicker than most people and then once you've been really consistent for like months even years on end trying to see that progress it really really slows down and it's really frustrating it's like you should really be rewarded for being consistent but it's just it's just life it's just how it works just how it happens so yeah I mean at the moment I'd probably say over the course of Ignite I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of you can actually increase your weights or reps weights and or reps either if not every week maybe every other week if some of you have maybe been training consistently for a bit longer, you might find you can't do that for maybe three or four weeks. Um, but, you know, there's no right or wrong as to how often you should go up with reps or should go up with weight. It's very much down to the individual and very much like if you feel like you can and if your body's feeling good and if you have the strength to, then absolutely do. Like there's no there's no right or wrong there. Um, obviously, if it's like unsafe, don't do it. But um, <laughs> but generally speaking, like, if you're feeling good and you finish your set and you're like, actually, that was fairly comfortable, add on a few more reps or add on a little bit of extra weight if you have it available. Um, but yeah, there's no set like after two weeks, add another five kilograms or after three weeks, add another five reps. Like there's no, there's not necessarily a specific uh, schedule or like time frame and things like that for it um so that's not something to worry about too much uh, but again if there's something specific if there's a certain exercise that you're unsure of and it's maybe feeling too easy or you maybe like a harder alternative or a way just to make it more challenging pop it in the group um, and we can dig into that um or go into it or whatever so yeah um just let us know i'm just double checking but i think those are all the questions for this week I believe obviously the group is there for anything else that comes up for you today well by the time that this is released and you're listening to it listening to it it will be Thursday so this is a little check-in reminder for you as well those of you on the January intake of Ignite um so yeah check-in reminder I look forward to catching up in your check-ins I look forward to seeing how you're getting on um remember the more information you can give me the better in your check-ins give me all the feedback so that i can help you as best as possible um and yeah let's continue to smash it i know that a lot of you are really really enjoying the workouts and stuff so far which i loved here i know that there's been quite a few sore muscles and things like that as well so hopefully your bodies are starting to adjust now um hopefully you're all starting to feel good and getting into kind of your your new routine or your adjusted routine and everything um and yeah let's keep going let's keep absolutely smashing it use me use the group use your check-ins for anything that 
you're struggling with, don't forget to reach out if you need help at any and every point. But otherwise, have a fabulous day. I will catch up with you all in your check-ins tomorrow and I will see you in the group.